Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. Somewhere in some landfill, there's a whole lot of ugly, useless, poorly performing sex toys made by, and I'm sure by men. There's also a vibrator bar where people can build their own vibrators. And in 2018, I went on the road for like, yeah. Build their own vibrators. Okay. Yes. Yes. I will tell you so much more about this. There's nothing that stands out and says, vibrator, oh my God, you masturbate, or oh, you're having sex, or whatever, you know, like all these weird Mm -hmm. things that we get hung up about. We've all been there. You've gone to that sort of like seedy sex toy shop. You pull up and you're like, okay, I hope nobody sees me going in here. And you go in and it's almost like, it's almost like a a 1970s like blockbuster type scenario. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The design. I know exactly what you're saying. Yes. And you would only go there if you're drunk or you're there with a girlfriend. That's when you you have get tipsy and you're like, hey, let's go to a sex shop. Okay, men, try to avoid masturbating when driving. Not the best. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think your parents would be proud of you for that. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Well, today's guest, I am just so excited to have on. T. Chang is the co-founder and chief design officer of Crave, a San Francisco-based company specializing in aesthetic pleasure products. T. leads the design vision for the company's full line of products, which has won international design awards and has led Crave to mainstream partnerships with the likes of Nordstrom's, MoMA Design Store, Standard Hotel, Goop, and St. Laurent. Well, she's kind of like my sex toy guru, the sex toy queen. T. welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Layla. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, please give my audience your backstory and, you know, how you became an entrepreneur in the sex toy space. Yeah. So my background, I'm an industrial designer. And as a designer, I am personally very mission-driven. And after working a while in corporate designing consumer products, which has been the bulk of my career, I've been designing products for women for over 20 years. The last 12, I've been focused on vibrators and pleasure for women. For me, I decided to go into sex toys, vibrators, because after working in the industry, I realized a lot of the products that surround us every day were not actually designed by teams that included women. And so much of the experiences of women are often left out of even products that are uniquely to them, such as vibrators and or things like breast pumps or menstruation and things like that, which you know is changing in the last few years for sure. But when I started, it was in 2008 and I was very entrepreneurial. I decided that I wanted to work on vibrators because it was a conundrum to me to, as to why these products were so terribly ugly and people had to feel such shame around it. And so that's when I kind of decided I wanted to see what I can do about that. Well, you're right. They are terribly ugly. I mean, I have somewhere in some landfill, there's a whole lot of ugly, useless, poorly performing sex toys made by, and I'm sure by men. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nothing against men. I love men. But I'm always so excited when I see a woman that's leading the charge in this area because of course that makes sense. It makes so much sense. And I'm sure you probably have many old sex toys from years prior in some landfill too because because they sucked. Yeah, and I think it breaks my heart. And I mean, and it's unfortunate. It's not that men can't design products for women. It's not that. It's that being a designer and just being human, we naturally bring our own lived experiences to whatever it is that we are doing. And rightfully so. And that's why it's important to have diverse perspectives and diverse people at the table. And I've just noticed in my past of working in corporate and other places and being in the industry, I can confirm that finding female industrial designers are very rare. So that's why I decided to tackle an area that was very unique to the female experience. Oh, what? And you're doing a fabulous job, I must say, because I've been, I've got two of your toys. Well, I'll talk about that a little bit later. It is officially March Masturbation Madness Month here at the Curious Girl Diaries. So uh, yes, I led the first week off and I'm with the Duet Pro and the Vesper. So So I had a lot of fun stuff to report to my listeners about that week. And I'll go into a little more detail. I'm going to ask you more questions. So we'll kind of get into that stuff. But so how did you and your co-founder, Michael, cross paths? And what made you decide to join forces? Yeah. So as I mentioned, when I was 28, back then, it was like 2008 during the huge dot-com crash and whatnot. And I was just naive and entrepreneurial. And I was very mission-driven, like I said. So I kind of set off, bootstrapped this company myself. And a couple of years into that, I actually serendipitously bumped into Michael, who is now my co-founder, at a trade show that I was at where I was keeping up with my customers. I had already launched the company. I had products already out. I was already working on pleasure jewelry at that point in time. I had about, I think, about like 10 different pieces. And he was just coming from the show and he noticed my products. So he was aware that I of my products and he was really interested in meeting me. And seriously, it was very ser- It was total like accident that we happened to be in the same taxi line together. And uh, we started chatting and he at the time just started Crave. They didn't have any products. He was just, you know, kind of an idea. And he was always looking for a female industrial designer because he recognized that, yeah, to his credit, like there are just way too many male voices in this space. So we ended up talking and I realized that we actually had not only complementary skill sets, you know, he's an engineer, also a successful entrepreneur. He's had two successful companies in the past, but I bring, I mean, so our skills that were not just complementary, but also spiritually were very aligned in that we both believe in what we were doing and that yeah. pleasure is a huge, important, hugely important part of the human experience. And there's no reason why products cannot be as sophisticated as anything else we own in our lives. And so at that point, I had a decision to make whether or not, okay, I wanted to continue down this path on my own or, hey, here's someone that just seems to check all the boxes when it comes to a great co-founder. And I decided that I want to join forces because I think, you know, as an entrepreneur, there gets to a point where you realize that you cannot do it all. You just simply can't. And for me, I was more focused in having impact sooner than later. So that's one of the reasons why I joined forces so that we could have more impact sooner. Yeah. I saw too that you used to... I don't know if you still do this. Do you still go around in your Airstream? 
<laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so the Airstream is a whole different story. So Airstream is one of the things that we have done at Crave. We bought this 1970s like Airstream back in 2017 as a way of doing activation. So this is a really beautiful Airstream that's been revamped to have this gorgeous like a uh, orange color that just looks super, super friendly. And inside we've gutted it out and it's a pop-up shop. So when people walk in, they can see the display of our products. And there's also a vibrator bar where people can build their own vibrators. And in 2018, I went wait, on wait, the road for like, wait, yeah. Build their own vibrators. Okay. Yes. Yes. I will tell you so much more about this. Uh, okay. We actually just had an activation this past weekend with HBO uh, to promote their latest show, Minx, which is really launching in, in, in March 17th. So, but basically in 2018, I went on the road for about seven months towing this Airstream. My team would join me at various activations, but we would go to these mainstream events, festivals, design conferences. I mean, they're not like small little shows, but they're these like, you know, we went with South by Southwest, et cetera. And basically, you know, to show people what modern vibrators can look like, that they don't have to be what the traditional notion of sex toys were. And that was super fun. I went from San Francisco to Palm Springs, to Portland, to Chicago, New York, and back. And it was just so fascinating and rewarding to be able to chat with folks, you know, and have them come into the Airstream. And I want to bring up this this one particular story because this came up over and over again in that people who come into the Airstream, they realize like once they see how like clean and beautiful and just how like nonchalant and like how casual and, and elevated can be, they realize when they come into the Airstream, they don't have to like whisper about vibrators or sex toys. Right. They can like, they can talk out loud like, oh my God, are these really vibrators? They look like mascara or like, yes. I can I want to buy two. I want to buy one for my mom. And I think that was just such an interesting thing to watch because it shows that people, we are ready for a more open and butter conversations around pleasure. Absolutely. That's why, honestly, T, that's why when I stumbled across you, first of all, saw your saw all your products, saw how beautiful they were and just really Thank like you. stuff that you could have every day. A woman would just be so like, I mean, proud. Like I am proud of my Vesper. I am proud of my Duet Pro. I, and I'm going to get some of the other ones too, because they look like you said, it looks like a mascara. It looks like lipstick in your, you know, or something just that you would have in your purse naturally. Like there's nothing that stands out and says, vibrator, oh my God, you masturbate or, oh, you're having sex or whatever, you know, like all these weird mm-hmm. things that we get hung up about. And it really just goes along with kind of my passion and my theme. And that's just normalizing this stuff and normalizing mm-hmm. sex and let's get over it. This is a huge part of our lives. Pleasure is a huge part of our lives as human beings. Yeah, and I'm just absolutely. like, I'm so damn proud to have you on. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. And you speak to a really important aspect, I think, of just using fibers as an experience that as a woman, you are very sensitive to. And I think that people don't talk about enough because I think humans, I think we are very adaptable. And so if you give us some crappy sex toy, if that's the only option we have, then okay, we'll make do with it. But really, if you give us something that is much easier to live with, that I can leave out and I don't have to stress out about, that elevates that experience, but also it normalizes it. You don't... like. I can't tell you how weird is would it be if you... Let's say you wanted to make coffee every morning. 
And in order to make your coffee, you have to find the coffee maker that you hid somewhere in the kitchen <laughs> and then you pull it out, use it, and then you have to hide it again. It's ridiculous. There's no reason why that should be part of the user experience. And so that is one of the reasons why the aesthetics and the materiality and the whole presentation of the product, it is the way it is because it's being sensitive to that emotional need yeah. of people. It's, it's, like that, like, it's like that, mm-hmm. oh shit moment. Oh my gosh, the cleaning lady's at the house. Did I leave my vibrators <laughs> Yeah, no, not at all. You know, our products really live in the nightstand. And I think that speaks volumes because if you are emotionally comfortable with a product, you are then more likely to invite it into your life and also to engage in conversations with your spouse or partner or whoever and and be open to more pleasures that you may not know. Whereas you have something that's super intimidating or just, you know, it just doesn't really look great. You're less likely to feel like you want to bring that into your life. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Definitely. You have hit the mark when you make things that are aesthetically pleasing and beautiful in the jewelry and and things that women want to talk about. I think that's really the key thing. Like you want to talk about it. I want to tell, it's like someone comments on this. I'm like, it's a vibrator, you know? Yeah. And it's exciting. It's a, you know, then the, there's a little story to tell and it's fun. It's really yeah. fun to walk around yeah. with it on because you kind of feel, I don't know, there's just something special and unique about wearing it. And then if someone else knows what it is, like it's like they're part of the sisterhood. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I mean, we, I mean, at least I view pleasure from what I've learned is that it is so diverse. Some people want to talk about it and some people don't. And we have made products for those as well. You sure. know? And But the Vesper is extremely special in that you put it on yourself almost, it's like an adornment. It is jewelry. And when you put that on, there's something special that you feel. I think we love shiny, you know, beautiful jewelry. And it's like, we're spoiling ourselves. We feel good. And especially when we're gifted and we gift it to girlfriends and or lovers gifted to us. And there's just something really special in that. And when you wear it out, like you pointed out, it's almost like you control the narrative of whether or not you want to share this with someone. And that I think is very empowering. And it can be your own little secret. You can engage with someone with a product or you don't. But there's something about that, that wearing this out has become the symbol of sex positivity and reminding people to invite pleasure into their lives. You know, I had one customer say like, forget wearing lingerie, wear a Vesper. Right. And I think that speaks a lot to how it makes them feel and that it feels special and and luxurious. It does. It absolutely Mm -hmm. does. There is something, I mean, you've definitely hit on something. So, I mean, I have my story for how I became like the sex podcaster and why I've been doing it for six years. But how did you become so passionate about just revolutionizing the sex toy space? And how did you just become such an advocate for women's pleasure? I would say, I think at my core, I'm a feminist for sure. In case (laughs) my vibe was not already clear. In case we missed that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I was raised by the era of like TLC, Sarah McLachlan, and just there's observing how women are treated and also my own personal experiences. You know that there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And so I'm a feminist industrial designer and I am very mission-driven. Those are the things that really gets me up in the morning and why I do what I do. And pleasure 
really struck out to me as an area that was so core to how we all function and operate as as humans. It's the reason why we do what we do. We are pleasure-seeking animals and, and, and human beings. And yet the products that were available for this experience were hugely disconnected from what people wanted. I mean, we hide our toys. Clearly, we are still embarrassed by them. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of cultural indoctrination when it comes to this attitude. But when you have products that are not helping the narrative, that's not going to help to uplift and normalize that conversation. And so for me, I just felt like this is a worthy pursuit. And I want to spend my life like until I get bored to keep doing this. Yeah. (laughs) Did you have, is there like a, was there like a defining moment? I mean, do you remember like, was there something that just, when you went, ding, I'm going to make sex toys? Or was it a toy you had just wasn't cutting the mustard? Or like, what? Do you remember like that specific moment where you just said, I think I'm going to make my own sex toys? Yeah, um, actually, so so I was was about 28 years old. And at that time, I was living in Boston. I remember I was in a relationship and I was looking for a toy. And it wasn't like my first time in an adult shop, but that was the only place I knew to get these products. And I remember walking in and it was just kind of like not particularly nice. And it was all sorts of, you know, things, you know, some guy doing Lord knows what in the back. I don't know, you know. But yet I was like, okay, first of all, this is really not my vibe. But hey, this is, I guess, the only place I can buy these things at. So that art automatically struck me as like, this is really off. But then I was like, okay, well, let me just get something. And I remember asking the salesperson like, hey, do you have anything that's really nice that you recommend? And I remember he just pulled out this rabbit and I was like, this is our bestseller. I mean, this is kind of it. And I was like, and it was like this double battery thing that like spun around. Like it looked like it was going to like mix up my, my uterus. Like it was just Uh so wild. Like Was was it the one with the pop beads in there? Had the little pop beads in there? Yeah. 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 And look, look, I'm not knocking on anyone. I mean, I'm sure some people love it and that's great. But for me, that was just not what I wanted in my life. And I think probably because that's why I'm a designer. I'm an aesthete. I love beautiful things. I surround myself with beautiful things. And so that's why I was like, okay, so if this is kind of the best that is available, perhaps there's something I can do about it because I've been hired for the last six, seven years by companies to make products for women. And I understand manufacturing and this is sort of my skill set. So have a go at it. Yeah, well, and you did have a very very good go at it, but I'm just cracking up listening to that story because I know there's so many women. We've all been there. You've gone to that sort of like seedy sex toy shop, you pull up and you're like, okay, I hope nobody sees me going in here. And you go in and it's almost like, it's almost like a a 1970s like blockbuster type scenario where, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? The design. I know exactly what you're saying. Yes. And you would only go there if you're drunk or you're there with a girlfriend. That's when you you have get tipsy and you're like, hey, let's go to a sex shop. And it became this whole very novelty attitude, like as if this was a joke. And for me, I, in a way, I'm a very serious person Mm -hmm. about things I think that, that really matter. And I didn't think these products reside only in the novelty space. That's what they were called. They deserve to be modern consumer products, just like anything you would have in your life, like printers or beautiful coffee makers and whatnot. Yeah. So that is kind of the, the, what I really wanted to do with our products. Yeah. And so what, what's the first, do you remember what the first sex toy that you ever tried was? Oh yeah. It was the least intimidating thing I remember I could buy. It was a like, I was like an eight inch like bullet. It's like a long white plastic bullet yeah. with a red rotary dial in the back. And I think it took like 
C-size batteries or I don't know. Yes. You know? And it was super pointy. And I have a yeah. pink one. I had a pink one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I may do with it because that was kind of all we could do. Yeah. Um, it got me off. And I guess I liked it in that respect, right. but I sure as hell wasn't proud of it or no. was really like in love with the product. Like, oh, this is like, you know, this is a product that I, w- I must take with me if I was on, you know, stranded on a desert island. No, I have a funny, quick, funny little story about, mm. I had one that was pink and I'm embarrassed uh-huh. to say that I lugged around old, useless sex toys. They stayed in my drawer. I would buy new ones, but I would lug, just get rid of stuff like you should. And when I moved back in the summer, I moved from California to Florida and I was going through my boxes and I just, I really want, I was, you know, I wanted to masturbate. And I think I had a couple boxes that I hadn't gone through that I'd shoved into the bathroom. And I was like, I think there's some vibrators in there because I was scrounging around. I just couldn't find them yet. And I... Open it up and there was, it sounds just like what your red one was, but mine was pink. So I grab it and I'm like, oh, the batteries are working. Tighten the bottom. It just has one speed, starts buzzing away. I'm like, great, this will work. And as I'm going along, I look down and I'm like, what is this big blister on the top of this thing? Yeah, there's like a big bubble. And I'm like, ew. And I'm like, oh, I better get that off my, my clit. You know, so I, I hold it up and it's got this like big, just like almost like a zit coming off the side of it. And I poke it and the plastic oozes out. And I was like, what the hell? And then I look at it and I kind of smelled it. I'm like, what is going on here? Because I smelled something funny. And then I walked back to the box. It was right next to the off bug spray. And somehow the bug spray sprayed the plastic. And obviously that stuff is very strong. Like, I can't believe we spray this on our skin when it melted this, totally denatured this plastic and caused this big bubble. (laughs) The good thing I I caught it before it like... (laughs) Oh my gosh. So in the future story is keep your bug spray away from your vibrators. The they mor- should be stored separately. Correct. The moral of the story is when moving and well, you know how it is, right? When you're moving and then you have those last yeah. few things and some oddball things go into yeah. a box they really shouldn't be in because you're yeah. just trying to get it all done. Well, that's what I happened. Agree. Like it was all, it was all basically like bedroomy, bedroom bathroom right. stuff, which is usually mm-hmm. where I put my vibrators because you know, you wash it and yeah. then you just stick yeah. it away. Yeah. Stick it away. Anyway, that's the oh story. My gosh. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you caught it. And yes, this is a great lesson to our listeners. Do not put, yes, please don't put bug spray by any of Love Crave's beautiful, beautiful works of art because we don't want to mess them Mm -hmm. up. So as you got more into sex toys, did you have any favorites? Like what did you like the most about them? And then what did you like the least about them? Because I'm kind of trying to figure out how you, I want to see the evolution of how you created some Mm -hmm. of the stuff that you have, maybe based on what you liked and what you didn't like. That's a great question. No one has ever asked me that <laughs> before. I would say at core, my approach when designing products, I always want to make sure that there's a reason for why this product needs to exist because there are way too many like me too's and people copying each other. And there are just plenty of things in this world that really just don't need to exist. And as, as a designer, I'm very sensitive to the fact that what I do creates 
waste in this world. Like what I do, I'm an industrial designer. So what I do becomes a physical object that whether people like it or hate it, it's going to end up in the landfill one day eventually. And what I can do is make great products that people love and cherish. And hopefully it doesn't, you know, it serves them well and doesn't end up in landfills, you know, sooner than later. And so when I started, pleasure jewelry is was my starting point. That was an area that did not really exist before for the mainstream. And so that's when I really started creating these beautiful pieces. And once I joined with Crave, we had a team of the engineers and electrical engineers. And we started getting into the nitty gritty of how things vibrate and like the different types of vibrations. And, and for me, I started looking at them as how can we be innovative, but at the same time in a way that's meaningful to people. So our very first product was actually a version of the Duet Pro that you have. The the form is actually exactly the same as what you were just talking about, the Duet Pro. That is actually our first product. And when I created that product, I wanted to make sure that I focus on the clitoris. So it's these two tips that people sometimes think of as like rabbit ears or whatnot, but really they're, they're much more, I would say, stiff. And the way that the tips work is that it's designed to surround the clitoris. And the way it charges via USB. So you pull the body apart, it breaks apart and break, it doesn't break, but like, you know, you pull it apart and you reveals the USB, the male charger and that you can plug it in anywhere. And that was actually the world's first crowdfunded sex toy. And we were very early on. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was in 2011. Right. And so for me, I always make sure that there is a real reason why something should exist and that didn't exist before. Because if we can't think of a good reason, that is something I think internally I push. And as a company, we all recognize that, look, we don't want to make more junk. And we only want to make things that are meaningful and that our customer find meaningful. Because there are sometimes you create things that you think is really cool. But nobody else wants it, you right. know? And then so therefore, we, w- we would not never go into production with something like that. So every one of our products have been user tested so many times to ensure that there's something about this product that someone likes. And I can't say like there's this one way, one product that is my favorite because to be honest, like what we want in pleasure can really vary depending on the time of the month, yeah. how the stars are aligned, how you're feeling today. Did yes. you have that? You know, it, it varies in so many different... Like sometimes I want to wear the Vesper out. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just want to use a really strong vibe that like, you know, sits by my bedside or in the bathtub, you know? So I have, it's like having a a toy box for all your different moods and and things like that. So I hope that kind of sort of answers the question. Yeah. Um, But if not, feel free to keep prodding. No, I mean, it does. Yeah. I mean, I love that duet pro. It reminded me of, you referenced it earlier, the rabbit, that dildo with the pot beads and then the ears. That was the first sex toy I ever got. And so Mm -hmm. the one thing I did like was all that stimulation on my clitoris and the Duet Pro, it's, I love the way it, like you said, surrounds it. It's like, just nestled right in there. Oh, it feels, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like people say, it looks kind of like a tuning fork and it it really is tuning fork for your clit. It is. Um, And for me, it was all of our line, our entire line is focused on the clit because there are plenty of products out there that's for internal and whatnot, but there weren't any that were just really, really focused on the clitoris. And so that is a product that I'm really, really proud of and that I still use to this day that I've had women tell me they're just like, this was clearly made by a woman because she knew yes. <laughs> she knew how it has yeah. to fit, you know. I love that. <laughs> and I um since I'm doing the March Masturbation Madness Month, I do a lot of, you know, what I call because I did this last year. I just did this experiment where, okay, you've got to masturbate 31, you know, every day in March and just 
see how you feel. Just see where it takes you. And it's I'll always it. it's always a great, yeah. really fun experience. So you were really, you dominated, your toys dominated week one. And yes, I know. And so what I was telling my listeners is what I did with the Vesper specifically was... <laughs> I used it. I love just like the strong, I love that strong vibration. I'm more like, okay, just give me the, hit me with the strongest you got and I'll kind of control the pressure. And Mm -hmm. what I love about the design of this, since I've got it right here, is I love the tip that you can be so kind of very precise Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. really get directly right on there. The tip part is small and strong Mm -hmm. and direct. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I was sort of pretending, fantasizing in my mind. I was using it on the strongest speed, but I was mm-hmm. kind of hitting little areas that normally mm-hmm. would be harder for me to come with because I mm-hmm. was pretending that, okay, when you're with a guy and he's almost getting it, but not getting it, let me try mm-hmm. to train myself. And this was helping me <laughs> so that if I could orgasm when he's just very close, but not quite there. And <laughs> not that, not that the, no, because the Vesper is right there, but mm-hmm. I was sort of using it lightly and just oh, so interesting. Because, and because of the tip, like mm-hmm. I don't have anything else that has a tip this small that I can actually yeah. be that precise with. Because mm-hmm. some guys, that's like they're hanging out in that zone, and that's like you're like, get on there more, and they're not quite <laughs> there. They're not. <laughs> I mean, of course, if I use this, I know how yeah. I use it right on there, right. and boom, you right. know, it does the trick. Uh-huh. But I used it that first week to kind of just one. I one day I was practicing like that, like okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's see if you have somebody because when when you're with different lovers or when I'm with different lovers, you know they mm-hmm. do have different styles, and sometimes you try to tell them, and they don't always follow everything you're yes. saying right. to the T. So I just was like, well, when someone's doing it like this, I'm still going to be able to come because I'm going to practice. <laughs> that is so interesting. Yeah, be, that is what's really unique about the Vesper is that it has that really fine tip that's you know rounded, but like it's very focused, and yes. so it's almost like this like precise instrument of pleasure that it's so fascinating for me to hear that you use it as like a training tool because our mind is so powerful. Once we can train yep. and think about that area, like that is super cool. And I'm so glad that you're able to use it. In I'm telling, I'm rewiring my brain because you get, that's sort of been one of the biggest things I've been realizing or realized the first time I did it last year. And then it's like, that's why I do it every year. It kind of, it just resets things because, you know, you get in these patterns and you're used to coming a certain way or with a certain partner. And if when those things change, then you're like, "Uh uh-oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, where's my normal routine? Mm -hmm. Or even if you're just like, I'm sure, I think men get it a lot of times, and I'm just using men as a reference for porn, like when their brains get wired a certain way, it's like they need a certain stimulation. But this kind of makes me a little more utilitarian. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. We can totally get into a rut if we always stay in just one particular lane. And I think what's so neat is that when people become curious about different products, it then kind of opens up a new world that you did not think that would be for you, but then maybe there is something there for you. So that is super cool. That And and this is the first mm -hmm. thing that I've had that has this really, really focused, where the vibration is really, really focused. Mm -hmm. And that can be, and and since I like it intense, that can be intense. But sometimes you think, oh my gosh, it's too intense and I can't come that way, but I can. And I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have really, like, I wouldn't have been able to kind of like discover that Mm -hmm. without this. And so it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's all around been very fun. What? Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. And I got to know, what do your parents think of all this? 
(laughs) (laughs) So they definitely know what I do. And I'll say this, I know my parents are, my parents and my family, they're very proud of me, but that doesn't mean they want to talk about it over Thanksgiving dinner. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. No, I get you. Like, do they, like, what do they say when their friends ask, oh, you know, how's your daughter? What is she doing these days? I would say, I think one time I was on, so my my background, my ethnic background, I'm Taiwanese and I still have family in Taiwan. And I remember that one of my relatives in Taiwan called my mom to tell her that she saw me on TV and that with my products. And I don't know what it was for. It must have been a show. I I don't know what, but my mom was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. (laughs) I think she's a very, I would say progressive woman. She's very open and neither of my parents are religious. They're going to both scientists. And I think that because of that training, both of them have a very pragmatic attitude when it comes to sex. And so they don't treat it like a sin or some kind, some, they don't, they they never, yeah, not for them, but, but at the same time, they're conservative Asian parents, you know, and they're not any more comfortable talking about it than any other conservative parents. So I'm just glad they let me do my thing and they don't grill me about it over any kind of family gatherings because we have lots, I have lots of nieces and nephews and it's all good. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I know you've got some interesting projects going on and you say that in addition to building great products, we do projects that create, instigate and inspire conversation around pleasure. Tell me more about those projects, is you know, and how can people learn and get more involved and is there anything new coming up? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, in addition to making products, I mean, we are at core a, a product company, but we also do these projects. And if you go to our website, you'll see it at the very top, you know, projects and you'll see various things that we've done. And what the goal of these projects are is that we are trying to just stimulate more conversations around pleasure. And we do in different ways. For example, we had, for example, the Airstream, that was actually one of our projects. And by creating that, the journey of that and going around seeing people, it created this place that people can check out and to talk about. And that is almost like this easier on-ramp to talk about pleasure versus saying, hey, I just masturbated. What's your favorite toy? Whereas people can say, oh my God, there's this crazy vibrator factory that's going around the country. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And and that gets people talk. And so that is an example of one. Another one's called the, the Crave Portrait Project, which is there's a famous festival that happens in San Francisco called Folsom Street Fair, where people come out in their best BDSM gear. It's like a one-day festival. It is so incredible. Like people come out and luckily our company is our headquarters right on that street. Oh, so one year perfect. we basically just opened up our garage door and set up a photo booth and we took photos of over a hundred people, okay, in their Folsom Street gear. Okay. Yeah. So you're talking like leather, you're talking like it's incredible. And then we invited like 50 or 60 of them back for a second round of portrait photos in their everyday workwear. And so you see this juxtaposition of what they wear at Folsom Street and then what they wear to their daily jobs. Yeah, And it's one of those, it's hard to describe over a podcast, but the best way I can frame it is that once you see this whole series of this like 40 something people in that gear and also in what they wear, you start to realize that this people sometimes think BDSM and you know, it's like they're very kind of put off by it. But when you see this portrait series, you realize it's almost not just about sex, but it's also about self-expression. There is this 
beautiful way that they express themselves when they're wearing their best leather gear, presenting themselves the way, like, you know, looking so sexually empowered. And then there's this vulnerability, but also another side of themselves that's just as authentic and valid. That is what they wear to their everyday life. And you see that it's the same person, but in such different contexts. So this is one of the projects that we do and it's about self-expression. So even though we don't make like BDSM gear per se, but like we celebrate it, you know? And so these projects are really designed and created to create that air cover for people to talk about pleasure. Because as you know, our culture and our generation and our parents' generation, we didn't, they didn't grow up with the language and the ability to talk about these things. And so at this point in time, we just felt that this is one of the things that we should do to help move that cultural conversation for. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, that's why I love doing this podcast. That's why I keep doing this podcast. And mm-hmm. I get to meet, I mean, it's so much fun to get to meet people like you that are like-minded. We're, we're all approaching it from a different Absolutely. way, but the sentiment is the same. We really, yeah. you know, we want to make this, we kind of want to normalize it. And yeah. you know, I love we- what you said about those pictures. Because yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, everybody does it or they're thinking about doing it. Just I'm talking about sex in general. It's like, Mm -hmm. I always say it's only the reason we're still here on this planet. It's important. It matters. And But why it has to be such a secret or like you said, it'd be like hiding your coffee maker. (laughs) I love that analogy. That is fantastic. Yeah. It is such a necessary... I'm going to use that tea. I'm going to say that. You're welcome. You're so welcome. I mean, and I think just like you said, it is such an important part of our lives that why don't we just do it well? Why don't we talk about it well? You know, why don't we just feel everything instead of letting that puritanical, archaic attitude hinder the pleasure that should be ours? So, um, yeah. So we're all here just doing our little part in just helping to support that conversation. Yeah. So I just want to talk about the two of my favorites so far. And they're only my favorites, you know, when it comes to your gorgeous sex toys. They're all gorgeous. They're all gorgeous. I'm literally like this week I'm going, I've got to go. I want to get a couple more. And I'm like, they're all so really beautifully designed. And, but I'm curious about, so when, what inspired the creation of the Vesper and the Duet Pro specifically? So for the Vesper, it was really coming from a place where I believe pleasure should be a beautiful experience. And that beautiful experience enables people to be more open about experiencing pleasure and having those important conversations. And jewelry was a way, especially I think as a woman, I've always felt there's this special emotional connection when I am given a piece of jewelry. And when I buy a piece of jewelry for myself, I feel like I'm treating myself. Totally. And so I wanted to connect that together to create a product that provides that sort of honor and respect and that feeling of that you're doing something good, you're treating yourself, you're adorning yourself. So that is sort of the the starting point from Vesper. With the Duet Pro, it's actually a little different in that in 2011, that was when the product was launched as, the, like I said, the first crowdfunded vibrator. It was at a time where USB was becoming quite ubiquitous as a way of charging. Okay. And it just seemed obvious to us that, yeah, we should be doing this. We shouldn't be constantly using disposable batteries. It's bad for the environment, all that good stuff, you know, all that terrible stuff. And so rechargeable is the way to go. And so we started Duet 
knowing that we wanted to create a USB rechargeable vibrator. And from that, I wanted to make sure it was the best clitoral vibrator like ever. And so we spent so much time make, sculpting the tips, making sure that's the right distance and that like it has flexibility. And also you can use it in many other places like nipples and yeah. you know, other places, you know, as long as it's external and people use it on their elbows. I mean, there's so many different places that, you know, get people if, off. You, you don't know, yeah. you know. If you have an um, external erogenous zone, this will work. <laughs> this, this could definitely work. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that is the starting point for the duet. It was from the USB rechargeability. And then since then, it is just a given all of Crave products are USB rechargeable and all of them, except for the Vesper, are fully waterproof. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm a huge fan of both of those. And like I said, I know I'm going to be, I'm like excited because it's like you said, I'm like, oh, I'm going to treat myself and get some more. <laughs> yeah. And I already, you know, because after you start using your toys, you realize these, how the quality and the vibrator strength is there because mm-hmm. nothing's worse for me than when it's not strong enough and you're like, oh God, is it, you know, like right. another one bites mm-hmm. the dust. I picked another yeah. bad one. No, none of that. There's none of that mm-hmm. with your stuff. And then you can, it's so cool that you can, you know, change all the vibe patterns and pick your patterns and, and then swap them out too. Like, oh, you know, yeah. I'm feeling so, like, like this. Yeah. On the Duet yeah. Pro. Yeah. Yeah. So Duet Pro. So we actually have a Duet Classic, which is, it's actually not programmable. So what you have is actually the programmable version, which means that for folks who I would say, if you know what you like, like there's some women who've told us like, I'm just a constant girl. I don't want to have like 18 different patterns that I have to scroll through. I just want a good constant or like, I like just a really good pulse in a certain way. Well, the Duet Pro, which is our highest end vibe, it basically enables you to go in, just plug into your computer, open up a web browser. Okay. We don't take any of your personal information. All you need is serial code on the product. And then you can start to tweak the patterns that were preset for you. So you can completely change it to just have constant or just have wave. Or if you don't want four different modes, you can turn it down to two. You can shut them off. So it's for kind of like the connoisseur or the woman who knows what she wants and she doesn't want any fuss in getting to it. So, and also if it's not strong enough, you can bump it up higher or if it's way too strong, you can bump it down lower. So it's for that personalization. I know, I know. That's the best part Mm -hmm. I did. I was like, oh, you know, I went in there, I was able to change all the, you know, change it to exactly how I wanted it. And boom. And then, but then you also have, sometimes you change your mind about that. You can, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the cool part is you just go back in and you can just as easily exactly. mess it up and do different things. So I mm-hmm. love that. Okay. So now that I've, so since I've been telling you that I want to, you know, I'm going to get some more stuff. I can't decide between a couple okay. things. So I want your opinion. Okay. 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 I can't decide between the wink, the bullet or the flex for my next purchase. Okay. Well, these are all great choices. Let's let's break them down Um, and help me decide. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So all of them are USB rechargeable. Like I said, all of them are actually all waterproof. So that means you can actually submerge it. You can take it to shower, hot tub. It's all good. Okay. The thing with the Wink, I love the Wink. It's one of my personal favorite because it has a five plus hour battery life, which means that like, I have had one sitting in my bathroom for like the past year and I believe I've only had to charge it once. So that guy has become my personal backup buddy because sometimes my other products die, you know? And so, but this guy... Is always there. That's so. The wink. That's the wink. Yes. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. And all of these are um, have metal bodies with silicone tips. So the silicone is optional, so that you can remove the silicone if you want that metal, the colder feeling to begin with. But it does warm up, which is nice. And so that's the wink. The bullet is a much much smaller form factor, so it is designed to be an upgraded version of the plastic bullet that we've seen everywhere. 
they use the little bun cell batteries. Yeah. It has that nub that sticks out on the top. And then when you bump into it, it changes mode accidentally and all that you know stuff. So yeah. the bullet, our bullet is actually stainless steel. It's waterproof and it has a silicone cap. And the size is really, it's the same size as the small bullet so that you could fit it in other products. So people sometimes like to use bullet to add on to their toys, like put fit it into a dill, dildo to fit it into a plug or into a harness. So it's a toy that plays well with other toys. Okay. It's also really, really small. So that is also, or you can just use it by itself, but it's just a really, really small form factor. So if you want something really like so compact, you can use that. And the cool How- thing about the button is that and how's the strength on that one? Is it so that one the has motor? It. The motor is it like that? Can you get it? As, does it go as strong as uh, the Vesper? So the thing with strength is this: is that it really depends on the how big it is and how it moves. So for example, even though the Vesper has a really strong small motor, but the length of it is a little bit longer form factor wise than the bullet. And so there's this pendulum effect. And so you kind of get this like this, you get more, it's almost like you get a feeling of greater strength out of that than something that is more densely compact. Um, It has a bigger motor, but it's going to feel in a different way, like a much more rumbly type of vibration. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So the bullet has a more of a rumbly type of vibration. And let's see. So, and then the flex, flex is just a single motor and it has a USB built in and the whole entire product is silicone. So that's one that's kind of different because a lot of our other products are uh, stainless steel or metal. And with the flex, it has a flexible tip. So this one is what I recommend for people who are more sensitive because the power is not the same as for someone who needs a lot of power. This is someone who's maybe a starter and they don't know what they like. There's multiple settings. There's like 12 settings, you know, there's a wave, there's a pulsing and all that good stuff, but it's just, it's much more flexible and it contours the body. And it's just a really sleek, simple vibe that you can take anywhere. It also has a travel lock. So by the way, all of the products are very travel friendly where you can just throw it into your bag and the button will not accidentally turn on. So (laughs) that is a big concern for a lot of folks. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That would be. So, okay. What do you hope your legacy is with this company? Wow. That's a deep question. (laughs) I genuinely hope that our products will help people to feel more comfortable about the idea of pleasure. And that they will feel more inspired and more open to bringing and trying new products and, and bringing that into their sex life. That's yeah. what I hope. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you're doing that. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I did a great job at doing that. Okay. So I told you it is March Masturbation Madness Month here at the Curious mm-hmm. Diaries. I love to uh, do little fun masturbation facts. So if you pick three numbers between one and 46, I don't know why people make these weird numbers. It's, it's, there's 46 facts. Why don't they just make 45 or round it up to 50? I don't know. But three different numbers between one and 46. Okay. 23, 28, and 10. Okay. All right. Let's start with 10. Okay. Number 10. One of the singers of the Declaration of Independence, Dr. Benjamin Rush, believed that masturbation was the cause of poor eyesight, epilepsy, poor memory, and tuberculosis. Women especially would become feeble-minded and more susceptible of evil if they masturbated. (laughs) Okay. Well, I would say we are probably more likely when we don't masturbate. So Totally. uh, Yeah. Totally. This was also at a time when we thought the earth was flat. So exactly. Yay for progress. Yay for progress. (laughs) Oh, uh, this is number 23. This is hilarious. Multiple men, I mean, it's 
funny, but not funny. Okay. Multiple men have broken their penis while masturbating while driving. A car stopped suddenly, which caused a collision between the penis and the steering wheel or the dashboard. Mm. Ouch. Mm. Okay, men, try to avoid masturbating when driving. Not the best. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think your parents would be proud of you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here we go. Here's another. Here's a. We landed on another male fact. This is 28. Nearly 60% of penile fractures occur while masturbating. Guys, go easy on yourselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah I don't think. Um, that, I don't uh, think women are having that problem. But no, no. What's also interesting is that women, our clitoris doesn't age. What I mean by that is that over the period of a woman's lifetime or a vulva owner's lifetime, the clitoris continues to grow, and that someone who's in their 70s can have an orgasm just as well as someone who's in their in their 20s like that that function doesn't stop unlike men who's at a certain like yeah. at their prime you know 40 then you know it goes into a decline so which is something really interesting about the clitoris I did not know this thank you mm-hmm. a clitoral fun fact I love it mm-hmm. well I'm mm-hmm. see I'm even more proud to be a vulva owner <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, T, thank you so much for coming on. I so enjoyed I so enjoyed talking to you. And everybody, you've got to go check out T's stuff. T, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah. So if you want to check out the products, it's at lovecrave.com. One word, L-O-V-E-C-R-A-V-E.com. And our Instagram is at lovecrave. If you want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff at designer T-I, one word designer TI. And yeah, love to stay in touch. Let me know what you think. Yes. And also guys, T has been so generous to give us a lovely code that if you buy one of her products that's engravable, if you use the code CuriousGirl at checkout, you'll get a free engraving. I have, because I'm kind of greedy, I have two Vespers and one of them has Layla engraved on it. And the other one says, don't waste the pretty. So (laughs) I'm a big fan of not wasting the pretty. So Mm. uh, everybody go to Love Crave, check out these wonderful toys. You're going to definitely want to buy one or men, you're going to want to buy one for your significant other or your spouse. They're fantastic. Yes. So thanks everybody for listening. You guys know where you can find me. Go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com and you know what my favorite thing to do is leave me a voicemail. Click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. Let it rip. You got five minutes and I will get back to you personally. And if you guys have anything you want to say to T, leave her a voicemail. I'll forward it to her and she'll get back to you. All right. Thanks, everybody. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.